What's up, Marvelites? And welcome to a brand new episode of the MCU Exchange Podcast. This is episode 34, and I'm back. Woo! My name is Aaron. I'm your host for this episode. Alongside me is Joe. Hello. And Charles. Hey, guys. What's up? Uh, it's been a crazy week of MCU news in the past few weeks, and now we have another one. Another, another list to break down, you know, crazy, crazy week once again. But before that, <laughs> please do like us on YouTube. Please do follow us on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash Exchange. You can also follow us on Twitter for all the latest news. That's twitter.com slash MCU at MCU Exchange. And for all the goodies, MCU goodies, you can also head over to our website at www.mcuexchange.com. Let's now get to the rundown of the MCU news. First up. This news came out of nowhere, guys, in the past, yeah. like literally two days ago. <laughs> Tom Holland's Spider-Man 3 is set to feature Jamie Foxx returning as the villain Electro from the Amazing Spider-Man franchise. This was a shocker. The Hollywood Reporter shared in a report that Jamie Foxx is in final talks to return as Electro in the untitled Spider-Man 3 starring Tom Holland. Fox previously played a villain during Mark Webb's The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And yesterday, Fox... Um, Somewhat confirmed his involvement with Spider-Man 3 after sharing an, first an Instagram story uh, from his Django Unchained co-actor, Keith Jefferson. And then uh, he, just, he just posted that uh, without any reaction, without any comment. And then moments after that, he posted an Instagram post which uh, expressing his excitement about returning as Electro. But he shared an intriguing comment by teasing that he won't be blue in this one. And in, in that post, he shared multiple images, multiple fan-made images of Electro in the MCU. And there's one showing three versions of Spider-Man in Spider-Verse themed art, which can be seen below. And the intriguing part is, after a few minutes, he deleted the post. So that's <laughs> really <laughs> strange, confusing, or maybe Marvel, the Marvel snipers got him. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right, Charles. Your reaction with this news? Man, this was, this was like, pun intended, it was like a shocker to everyone. It came out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> like, I, I guess as far as returning stars go from, from previous uh, Marvel movies, I think Jamie Foxx was certainly not on the top of people's lists. I mean, probably on, top, on, on the top of that list is probably Charlie Cox or John Bernthal or Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. No one expected Jamie Foxx of all people to return, especially, you know, his his part in Spider-Man Two wasn't necessarily well received that much, and that film that film also in general wasn't also received well that much. So, you know, his return definitely garnered a lot of mixed reactions. Mainly just surprise because you know what does this mean? Are are they are they fucking gonna do the multiverse here? But I guess his Instagram post sort of I don't know if it confirms or like debunks it, but it sort of puts the whole multiverse theory. In question, especially if he's not going to, he's not going to be the same guy, same blue guy we saw in the in his last appearance as Electro. So you know, part of me thinks that it's like a soft reboot type of thing where you know he's mm-hmm. Max. Again, it could be from the multiverse. He could be, you know, if, if the multiverse is a thing, then there definitely is a Max Dillon in the MCU, and you know. Jamie Foxx is probably that guy, but we don't know what, what he's going to look like. Um, 
as far as I remember, I mean, if I remember correctly, Electro gets his powers, at least in the movie, he gets it from like a bunch of experimental eels, which are color blue. So, yeah, so uh, if, they're, if they're not turning him blue, maybe he's going to get a different origin here. But overall, it's just super exciting to get someone like Jamie Foxx um, back in a Marvel movie because he's a very, very talented guy. Um, I didn't hate his Electro as much as I did say, like, the Green Goblin of that movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm definitely willing to give, give I guess, give him a second chance in, in redeeming the character. Because, you know, I mean, this whole thing was, 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 was talked about yesterday, but during the Sony hack, um, it was leaked that Kevin Feige actually liked Jamie Foxx's take of the character out of yeah. that entire movie. I think that was, like, his favorite part. And so, I guess... The fact that Kevin Feige wants to bring this guy back, despite him being in a bad movie, and despite him having like, you know, a less than well received performance, that this is very, very promising. That you know, Kevin just wants him back, and I'm excited. Joe, what about you? What's your reaction? I, I think it, like everyone reacted because like this isn't the first time we've seen a character from a past franchise, especially in Spider-Man, to return because we did have J.K. Simmons return as J. Jonah Jameson, yeah. but the fact that it was like from like that was because the character was just so iconic in his role. You know, everyone thought of J.K. Simmons. He voiced the character in animation for quite some time as well. So it was just kind of this, okay, that makes sense. They can get away with this without having to explain anything because that's just, everyone thinks of him when they think of the character. And they added like small flourishes to make him unique. But then when they go, wait, Jamie Foxx returning as Electro? That's an interesting choice because, like you know, like Charles said, yeah, he was he was uh, Feige's favorite part, but it wasn't like he made the role his own that much because I, I believe that his performance was great. It's a fun performance. It's the writing that kind of fall fails him in that because they kind of the whole him being a nerd thing and antisocial. It's just never really done much with it. The origin itself was done fine, but. You know, it yeah. was more like, oh, his motivation is he wants attention all of a sudden. Yeah. How do you write around that, you know? And I think if they do it right, uh, he can be absolutely powerhouse. I would love to see more of Jamie, because I think Jamie Foxx is fantastic at being a more darker, uh, more brooding character, and he's done that a lot. So this would be a completely different, unique version. The The interesting thing is, like, with him making the comment that he's not blue which direction are they going? Are they just going to have, like, there's there's so many different interpretations. I doubt they'll have the weird lightning mask on his face. Uh, Probably, you know, they could go with the scar version that he has, like, the scars of the mask on his face, which the Spider-Man game used. Or I I personally, like, my favorite interpretation of Electro is the one we got in Spectacular Spider-Man, where he had, like, this suit that was protecting him, but his physical body was pure electricity. So it wasn't just him being blue, but he literally lost control over his body. There's a lot they can do with this character. And I think Fox bringing him back, the bigger thing is just the implications of who else could they bring back for another chance at a character. And I think that's the bigger thing right now. And and I've been reading a lot, um, many articles in the social media and different websites. What do you think is more feasible at this point with him, with him appearing? Would a Sinister Six be on the horizon? Sinister Six team up, not the movie, a team up within Spider-Man Three, or the already teased Spider-Verse storyline. What do you think is more feasible, Charles? 
I I think the Sinister Six is hundred percent gonna happen. I'm not quite sure mm-hmm. it's gonna happen. The third movie. I think the third movie is still gonna be like the final setup for this big Sinister Six um, showdown because I, I think that Sinister Six should be an an event unto itself. Um, in the Ultimate mm-hmm. Comics, like uh, the, the, there's a book called Ultimate Six, which was basically the Sinister Six coming together and. The threat of the Sinister Six was so huge that even the Avengers had to intervene because it was just it was just like too much for Peter to handle. I wonder if they're gonna possibly go that route where you know it's the Sinister Six um, team up movie is like a like a big I guess Avengers type event, not really a, not really world changing event, but rather you know a big national security event where Peter needs more help than than he he can do. And as far as the Spider-Verse go, I don't think... Like, even though we're getting the multiverse stuff with um, WandaVision and Doctor Strange, like, to do, a, a, like, a third, I guess, multiversal story with Spider-Man, I think... Like, I think at some point, there might be a bit of multiversal fatigue, if that makes sense. Because DC is doing it, we're getting it with Flash, and then we're getting it with Doctor Strange, we're getting it with WandaVision... Loki might possibly deal with that, so I don't know how much of the multiverse you can in- you can inundate audiences with before they get sick of it. And I've always liked Spider-Man for his grounded personal stories. So to see like you know a multiversal story where there's so much happening, and it's really I mean if you really get down to it, it's just mostly fan service because people want to see Toby, Andrew, and Tom to- mm. together. And I don't know if that sort of, if that excites me as a fan, especially we've 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 had like a like a very very successful Spider Verse movie. Like I don't I don't know if I want to see a live action version of that. And we're getting a Spider Verse sequel, so I mean, how many fucking Spider Verse stories do we really need? So I'm definitely leaning towards to you know Sinister Six being the more feasible project yeah yeah I'm, I'm leaning towards sinister six more as well uh, i i think the thing is like, like charles said we already pretty much have a franchise that is completely built on the concept of into the spider-verse and as much as great as it would be to see these three characters like these three interpretations of spider-man come together in one film i i almost wish they would keep that for the into the spider-verse franchise because that technically is connected to this that way as well so they could have like a live action segment where they all meet and we get a live action interpretation of Miles Morales so they don't have to rush it in this in in, in the MCU. The thing is like if if we speak about like Spider-Man the thing the promise that I think Far From Home sets up from the storyline is that this time it's about Spider-Man. It's about Peter Parker growing further and further away from the legacy that was Iron Man. And to kind of go into Doctor Strange's place and have his stuff kind of take away that story element from Spider-Man. It would still be an interesting story, but it should be about Spider-Man this time around. It should. I kind of feel like this this trilogy was building up to those elements we are used to from Spider-Man films. He's in New York. He's seen as a menace. He has to fight a lot of different bad guys. And that's where I think they're heading. And that's why I believe a Sinister Six is probably the best option because it just gives him like the ultimate challenge that is his challenge alone. Mm-hmm. The the only question I have is like, how do they build up? So we technically only have 
Shocker, Scorpion, and Vulture. Mysterio is technically dead. So they have to set up two yeah. villains. So the, the guess yeah. is now Electro and probably Craven. Mm-hmm. But the thing yeah. is, how many characters are, go- are they going to introduce in one film to build up to it? I don't think we're... Part of me still kind of wants to know what that Sinister Six film was going to be like that they teased a long time ago. Uh, I mean, I totally would be on board for them to bring that back because they are such interesting characters to have like this different perspective within the MCU. It would be funny if we had like a Sinister Six film and a Thunderbolts film that both show like villain sides. But I, yeah. I just wanted, and I just wanted to be about Spider-Man this time around because we've been building up to it, um, and that would just be like that perfect way to bring it back. Yeah, yeah. and you know, when, I, when Charles mentioned that that the Avengers might be involved. I'm I'm visualizing that it would be like Captain America Civil War type Spider-Man film, right? Like, if, if 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 the Avengers are gonna get involved, I'd rather have you know not Carol Danvers, not like all the heavy hitters. Maybe yeah. Hawkeye, I, I, like maybe Hawkeye to be there. Maybe I guess uh, Falcon, Captain America. I, I want her, I want him to be there. I want fucking Kamala Khan to be there. If you know if, if the time if if the if find a way to 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 write her into it, but. Yeah, I, I I really think it should be a personal um thing. But re- with re- regarding the electro stuff, I was honestly just expecting Craven this time around, um, mm-hmm. because Craven is one of those characters that we haven't ever seen, and there's a lot of the potential and what to do with the with the with that character. So, I mean, at this point, if they do electro and Craven, uh, I guess I'd be happy. But I was really hoping for. Um, uh, villain movie at this point with, uh, with, the, with the third Spider-Man movie. Do you think Spider-Man 3 will suffer with two villains, two big heavy hitters, or do you think that's okay? Um, I think, well, if you really think about it, most MCU movies have really more than one villain. Um, no. Doctor Strange had Guy Furious. Uh, we had Dormammu and uh, Black Panther had uh, Claw and Killmonger. So, I think I think Kevin Feige has learned throughout the years making bad superhero movies that there there is a way to make a good superhero movie even even if you have like three villains there's a way to make that happen and you know in Feige we trust yeah <laughs> he knows what he's doing and uh, yeah. and Marvel Studios is known for taking risks and uh, they've done that in the past twelve years so let's see where this goes mm-hmm. <laughs> gonna be exciting times ahead. And with productions set to start for Spider-Man 3, according to The Hollywood Reporter, this fall, wow, it's, it's already fall, so they might start shooting soon. Let's yeah. see how this goes. And another exciting news here. Let's now move on to the Disney Plus side of, side of things for the MCU. Marvel finally found, finally found their Miss Marvel. Deadline shared in a report that Iman Vellani, a Canadian newcomer, has been tapped to play Kamala Khan for MCU's Miss Marvel Disney Plus series. The outlet noted that Vellani was part of the Next Wave committee at the 2019 Toronto Film Festival, which was tasked with adding a special tag to films that would resonate with their peers. This essentially means that the actress mm-hmm. is already making an effort to help diversify the industry. After Moments after the, the casting news, many MCU stars expressed their excitement for the addition of Villani to the growing addition of heroes. Eternal star Kamal Nanjani expressed his excitement to the news by saying that he legit got teary-eyed when he heard the news. While Miss Marvel showrunner Bishake Ali 
uh, posted an emoji uh, expressing uh, her admiration for for the actress. Meanwhile, the Hollywood Reporter's Boris Kitt shared that the casting process of Miss Marvel by revealing that Marvel Studios was testing actresses during the summer and that they made their decision by late August or early September. Big news, guys. Iman Villani, a, a newcomer, you know, um, it's, uh, it's really shocking because they didn't cast an established star uh, for a huge part like Miss Marvel. Joe, your thoughts about this uh, casting? Uh, it's it's a really big and probably perfect move to have a complete like yes she's in the industry but like this isn't someone who has had an, a real big background in acting and in, in for Disney or for anyone so she's a complete blank slate for yeah. most movie going TV watchers in a way that's kind of a brilliant and brave move because like. Marvel has always had these like small time TV actors get a chance at the big role, big TV, uh, big film roles and, and pushing them forward. And they never, you know, that that's why I always respected about their casting choices. They never felt like we have to get the big name star because they have a big draw. They know that they want to work on the brand and they want to get the perfect role for the character. And whatever they saw in her is, is probably the most exciting aspect Plus, just the chance of seeing someone new to the industry prove herself and at the same time make such an important, culturally important character her own and carry on this message, especially with what she's already been doing, probably was just a perfect choice to push this into a, a direction. And it it also just gives Kamala Khan as such a new character to this world that it's almost like a, a, a fitting choice. Charles? Your thoughts about yeah. Iman Villani joining the MCU? Like Joe said, we don't know exactly what she can do. She's a super newcomer. She's a blank slate, as Joe said. So there's so much potential in what she can bring and how much she can, I guess, you know, make her imprint with the world. I mean, can you imagine your first sort of project <laughs> is a fucking Marvel show and it's probably one of yeah. the most important Marvel properties in the past, like, 10 years and you're starting, you've never been on anything else. So there's so much excitement here. I'm sure Iman is very, very excited and anxious at, at like sort of the, the, the road before her. But I'm, I'm, everyone's also very hopeful that she, she knocks it out of the park. Just the fact that she, she wowed Kevin Feige. She probably wowed Kevin Feige and the rest of the company. Mm. And that's enough for me to like just support her and be excited for her. Um, like I said, we don't know much about her, but just that... You know, they finally have the lead actress. They finally have some of the cast members. That alone just excites me that, wow, Miss Marvel is finally happening. And, you know, in a few months, we're probably going to start filming and we're going to see some stuff from the set maybe. And it's going to be super fun. Yeah. And also, on top of that, Miss Marvel creator G. Willow Wilson said in a tweet that she's the real deal. Iman Villan is the real deal. So that's it's really big, you know, coming from the yeah. creator of the character himself. Mm. Gotta be something else. <laughs> Exciting yeah. news. Miss Marvel finally found, and I think we still have Moon Knight left, right? Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight's left. No, yeah. Gar- no lead actor yet. And Maybe no official we'll get... confirmation of Kate Bishop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> Man, Kate Bishop and Moon Knight. Maybe this week or next week. I don't know. <laughs> Keeping my hopes up. 
Let's now move <laughs> on to another Disney Plus show. Speaking of Kate Bishop, let's now move on to Hawkeye. So this was um, exclusive. Uh, we we know another villain who might pop, pop up in the series. It's from the direct. I wrote this exclusive. Yay! <laughs> the direct has exclusively <laughs> learned that Madame Mask will appear in a sporting role in Hawkeye, and Marvel Studios is currently in the process of casting an actress to play the villain. So, for those of you who's not aware of the comics, Charles, can you give us a background of Madame Mask and this potential dynamic with both Clint Barton and Kate Bishop? Um, uh, Madame Mask is like a very old school. Iron Man villain, and then she throughout the years sort of, you know, pivoted to various comic books. She she pops up in like various comic books, and um, her origins are actually very are tied to a very iconic Avengers villain, Count Nefaria. She's she's the daughter of Count Nefaria. So when Agent Carter did their own version of Madame Mask, she uh, that version of the character was so far removed from what we knew in the comics. So it, it uh, I, I saw a lot of people say that oh. Madam Mask, we already have a Madam Mask in the MCU. No, we didn't. Yeah, even though it's like the same <laughs> name of the character, in essence, it's practically a different person. But yeah, Madam Mask. Um, she in the Hawk Iron, the Matt Fraction one. She bumps into Kate Bishop and Clint during like a mission in 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 Madripoor, and then once Kate moves to Los Angeles, she becomes, I guess, like the uh, Kate. I guess Nemesis while she's in LA while Clint's in New York um, to me this is kind of it gives us an idea on what aspects of the Fraction run they're drawing from also the fact that I mean in the comics the Hawkeye comic is mostly set in New York save for Kate's adventures in LA so I'm wondering how they're going to bring Madam Mask into you know Clint's world because for the most part those two were like separate in the Hawkeye run and maybe they have a plan on how to I guess incorporate um Madam Mask in the story in a big way because we heard also like a few days after this story came out that they were they were casting Echo which we talked about years um months months ago that they were casting a deaf deaf actress to play this girl named Malia which we know to be Maya Lopez Echo. Um mm-hmm. I think the Illuminati confirmed that this week and, and I was thinking about like how how Echo could possibly fit in into the story because Echo has ties to the Kingpin. And we're not going to get Kingpin here. So what if Madam Mask is, is, is the one that ties into Echo's story and maybe that's how it all ties together. Madam Mask and Echo are somewhat connected and then Clint and Kate end up meeting the two and the fight and whatnot. So there's a lot of stuff that I'm thinking about. I mean, as far as, you know, how the show is going to come together. But the fact that we're getting Madam Mask... She's a very, I think, to me, like a very classic Marvel villain, and I'm excited that we're getting we're getting her in the show. I hope they give us the actual yellow mask. Yeah, and we, you know, in the previous humors, we have talked about you know Trick Shot uh, potentially yeah. appearing, also the Tracks Mafia, and that's on Hawkeye side. And now with Madame Mass appearing here, I think that will further flesh out the dynamic of the, the, the Kate Bishop character because that's how they will play out in the narrative. Joe. What are your thoughts about Madame Mass, the appearance of Madame Mass here in the Hawkeye Discipline show? I mean, it's, it's a great addition. Uh, she has, you know, she she showed up in the Fraction run briefly. She's a more, I think this is also the start of us getting introduced to more street-level hero, uh, villains. Heroes. Um, so I, I kind of, I hope that 
like with with Moon Knight uh, as well, like there's potentially of them building up some ties, like the uh, a mafia that's building up in New York City, especially now that the Avengers technically are disbanded, that these small time crooks are using this time to kind of spread out their network without the big superheroes on their their tail. But what is a, a big exciting thing to do about this is that, and I love I love Charles' idea that she's connected to Echo instead of Kingpin. Echo has history with the uh, with the Ronin mantle, so there's the potential of that connection. Like she's from someone from um, Clint's past with the with, where he got the Ronin because they did confirm that that's going to be part of the story. And yeah. so I, it kind of opens the question as like this this because we have. We don't have many, but a lot of these stories about prodigies is about the next generation of heroes. And uh, we have like with Captain America, it's passing on the shield to Sam with someone else stealing that. We have She-Hulk unwittingly becoming a Hulk successor through an accident if they stick to that origin. Uh, and we also have Ant-Man taking it over by technically stealing it and rolling, coming into the role. So Hawkeye's our chance to have a real prodigy hair story of a of a senior hero teaching a new generation and yeah. potentially not just one but two potential successors so i'm i'm very curious if this means echo might potentially become a legacy character for his ronin persona while you have on the other side you have kate bishop taking on the hawkeye mantle so he pretty much his own split uh, happens in the prodigies as well. So there's a lot of potential there, in my opinion. Now let's move on to the second to last news. It's about Shang-Chi. <laughs> let's now move to the movies now. Okay, Shang-Chi. Here we have uh, insider Charles Murphy of Mur Murphy's Multiverse uncovered evidence of a huge set that was being built in Sydney will be featured as the Valley of the Sleeping Dragon, otherwise known as the resting place of Fin Fang Foom. Murphy's source revealed that the valley is set as a hilly seaside location, the temple at its center, with the green screen serving as the seashore itself. Also, Murphy also speculated that the previous casting rumors that had ties to the Genghis, Genghis Khan flashbacks might refer to the elite protectors of the Valley of the Sleeping Dragon, and their source indicates that the, while they're keeping shape-shifting alien that looks like a dragon tucked away, they might, they might just have their own dragon to help them fight off invaders. Interesting. Additionally, another interesting bit from that scoop is that uh, the village is led by an elder known as Wang Bo, and he's joined by Michelle Yeoh's unnamed character. And both characters are described as fierce protectors. There's a lot to unpack on that uh, report by Charles Murphy, and this is an exciting Fin Fang Foom connection to the Shang-Chi film. Uh, Joe, what do you think about uh, you know this uh, the, the the inclusion of Fin Fang Foom to the storyline of Shang-Chi and the Mandarin. So Fin Fang Foom is such an interesting character. Once again, like Madame Mask, it originally an Iron Man villain to some degree, like yeah. the Mandarin. So like this this is my big question about the characters. Like, are they going to tie him to his alien origin? Are they gonna stick to a more He's a dragon on Earth, so maybe tie him potentially to Iron Fist's legacy with that dragon. It's I, I love the fact that we could see Fing Fang Foom. That, that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Holy crap, we'll actually get a dragon in the MCU and not just two glowing red lamps that might or may not be dragon. <laughs> like an Iron yeah. Fist. 
and it's it's an exciting thing and and i'm i'm quite curious how they're going to handle it i love that shang chi is a character that it's not just tying into the 10 rings which we have been seeing throughout the franchise but also that this potentially opens up a completely new section of mythology within the mcu uh, I still believe that this could also open up the floodgates to a new interpretation of Iron Fist that is much closer to the comics, which I, I, I still believe Iron Fist would work incredibly well as a tournament-oriented TV show. And I think that character is probably, from all the Netflix shows, the one who deserves a second chance to really be a show about Iron Fist. And now with Fing Fang Foom, with his introduction... It feels like MCU is not is not they're not hesitating on anything. They're going in. They're going to go with the crazy aspects. Yeah. They're going to be close to the comics as much as they can. Still give their own twists, and especially with Michelle Yeoh, I I love the casting. I mean, the entire show, the show, the entire film already sounds fantastic, and the casting behind it is probably the most exciting aspect of it. Uh, and yeah, I'm just I'm just really really curious how this film will work and how there's because. Right now, there's a lot of different wheels going on, and I can't wait to see how it comes together. Charles, what do you think? Uh, what do you think about this uh, uh, scoop uh, from Murphy's Multiverse about Finn Fan Foon? Like, I, I think the, the best thing about this is just the confirmation that we're, we're getting a fucking dragon in. Yeah. <laughs> a dragon sleeping under like a tiny village in, in what, I think, China or whatever. So, this is pretty exciting. Uh, as for as for Joe's question, if we're getting an alien or or a dragon or rather like a like a like an earth dragon, I I'd rather have an earth dragon just to sort of deepen the the mythology of the earth in general. Because if it's an alien, sort of like ah, Thor's already an alien, and how many how many mystical beings need to become aliens in them? So I feel like we need like more ground, not really grounded, but more like earth based fantasy here that's not that won't be hand-waved as an alien so i'm definitely vouching for like a giant earth-based dragon sleeping um also very interesting is the is the part of the scoop saying that the village is also protected by their own dragon and Mm -hmm. i'm curious how that's gonna look like as far as you know as far as having mcu monsters go like what the hell is an mcu dragon gonna look like yeah. Are we gonna get like a classic, like uh, like a like the Asian serpentine dragon, or are we getting like something more European where it's like it has wings and whatnot? So just for that alone, I'm very very curious what the production design of this movie will be. I mean, we saw like uh, in the in the article, uh, Charles posted some some like some mock-ups of like the like, the design and how it's like related to some dragon skills and whatnot. So. There's so much to be excited for here, just with this, just with the idea that we're getting a dragon, and we're getting a fucking yeah. dragon. Who would have known, like, ten years after the MCU started, we're getting a dragon? Yeah, <laughs> you know, after finally, after the Infinity Saga, and uh, it's going to be, you know, whatever the case, guys, this will be a visual treat. Shang Chi is poised to be a visual treat for MCU fans when it premieres next summer. And now let's now move on to another MCU film, which is The Eternals, who's also been delayed, unfortunately, <laughs> to next year until November, 20, November 5th, 2021. There's a, apparently a leak action figure here that was uncovered by Instagram user Rectangular. You know, it, it shows an action figure depiction of Crow from Marvel Studios Eternals. And, you know, Crow has been rumored 
for some time that he's one of the film's main villains and the full image of the figurine can be viewed right there. No, you can't see it. (laughs) (laughs) I just read the thing, sorry. Uh, Joe, question for you. Are you excited with, with on how the Eternals will look entirely different on screen because we we've, we've seen the concept parts you know last mm. year from San Diego Comic-Con there are, are dif- different costumes or different concept parts of how the Eternals will be visualized in the silver screen are, are you excited in that because they're giving a unique take the MCU is giving a unique take just like the rest of the MCU films uh, I I like the aspect that a lot of the costumes are kind of connected to their originals, but it's still a very unique design of it. I I do think like with Crow, like what we're seeing here, it's, it's a bit more distinct because the thing is uh, I was, I was doing some, some research on the character and he pretty much is, he's a human with pink skin, elf ears and an armor. Um, And so the whole point of the, the, the deviants was, is that they are, you know they're kind of malformed. They're they're not quite human as they should have been. Like they're the guys that really did not get the best luck when it came to the gene pool that was put into them. And uh. this new design, I kind of feel like highlights that aspect of it. I do wish it's very black. It has some color. I kind of wish they stuck to the color aspect because they did say a lot of this film is going to be attributed to Kirby's designs. This character is very like that typical black CG character for now. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see him in movement. Charles, what do you think about this design? Uh, this leaked design? I don't know if it's official, well, but it's pretty much. I'm with Joe in, it. it's in that it's like, really? We're getting like a black symbiote looking character when you've mm-hmm. got Kirby's fucking crazy ass imagination and color. And all we're getting is just like this black character with, with some. With some like tinted green tinted chest and a face that somewhat looks like a lizard, and he has like tendrils all over him. Like that's kind of like a generic CGI monster for me. And and to be honest, I mean, yeah. when I saw some of the um, last year during um, San Diego Comic Con when they gave us like a first look at the Eternals concept art, mm-hmm. I was kind of thrown off with how as Guardian the suits look. I was expecting really over the top. Regal, big ass armor, basically Jack Kirby stuff that 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 is very bombastic and over the top. And the design for the Eternals that we got and we saw from like the Salma Hayek toy, it kind of looked like they were you know cut from the same cloth as the Asgardian design. Which to me, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a big problem per se, but it's more like a nitpick. I was again, I was expecting more Kirby and less Thor one designs. So. Like this, you know, it, it raises my eyebrow, but, you know, I'm going to wait until we see this character move. And, you know, for all we know, you know, Robert De Niro is playing the character because he, we don't know who, who exactly <laughs> is playing Crow. Yeah. It might be like the super crazy, amazing actor like Daniel Day-Lewis. And it might be like the best thing mm-hmm. in the MC. But just based on this toy, it's kind of like surprising that this is all we have. Especially when you got Jack Kirby's design as inspiration. Let's see. Well, well we're, we're still a year away, which is supposed to be. <laughs> wow. The original release date should have come out months. next month. Yeah. <laughs> Just think about it. Yeah. Next month. Wow. And then, 
was delayed to February, and then it was delayed, wow, to November of next year. It's, it's, it's like a year from now. Yeah, a year from now. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's if, if we go by what they've shown, it's, so, it's probably very effect-heavy, so I'm okay with them having extra time to just nail it. Yeah. CGI it's just, it's run, weird because run. we would have had trailers by now, so we would know what the film is. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing that they, they didn't release any promotional material for the Eternal Space, you know. And that about wraps it up for the rundown of MCU news. That's a lot of news, of big MCU news. For those of you who want to talk, who wants to talk about all the latest news that we talked about, you can also... Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash MCU Exchange. You can also head over to our YouTube account. That's MCU Exchange for all the MCU um, trip mem- trip down memory lane because there's a lot of videos there that was that was made that were made by Charles there. So you can check that out. And also head over to our website for all the news and the feature articles about the MCU. That's www.mcuexchange.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Aaron Chino. That's A-R-R-O-N-C-H-I-N-O. You can also follow Charles on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at CFS Budenweber. You can also follow Joe on Twitter. You can find me at at that abel, T-H-A-T-A-B-E-R-L. If you have questions about uh, the Avengers game, Joe is the... You can ask Joe a- anything about the Avengers game right now. <laughs> he tweets a lot about the Avengers game in the past few days. <laughs> I apologize now. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Follow them now. And uh, one last shout-out to our listeners over at Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, Google Podcast Breaker. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We're really grateful for your support. And we're going to continue making this episode in the next few weeks. Thank you so much. This is episode 34 of the MCA Change Podcast. Bye. Keep safe, everyone. Bye.